Kia ora and welcome to Business Your Way, a podcast where I take you behind the scenes and look at the strategies, systems and support needed to grow and scale an online service business. One that not only supports you and your family financially, but one that gives you the freedom to live the life of your dreams. I'm taking the many lessons learnt over the last two decades of running my own business and working with hundreds of clients to bring you What's Working Now conversations. I'm pulling back the curtain to bring you real stories from real people, including myself. We're going to talk about everything from how to get clarity on your vision, creating systems so you can automate and delegate, how to hire a kick-ass team that creates raving, returning and referring clients. We're even going to talk about how to kick those limiting beliefs to the curb so that you can flourish in your business. I'm your host, Sandra Julian, an Indigenous mama of three, fashion-loving sewist and business strategist. Each week, I want to help you dream big, plan well, and do the work to grow and scale your business your way. Kia ora and welcome to episode 85 of Business Your Way. This week, I have a special guest for you. Her name is Sarah Davies, and she is a business strategist and coach, specifically for service providers, well, people who are selling their time rather than products. But in the intro to the podcast, Sarah will introduce herself. And I always ask my guests to introduce themselves because they do a far better job than I at the introductions. But this conversation with Sarah is really rich. She has such a great background in business and has quite a diverse number of businesses that she has operated in her lifetime. Now, I could have really continued to talk on with Sarah for a lot longer. She has built and sold two businesses for different reasons, and now she is helping other people build and grow their own business. So whether you are currently in corporate and looking to move out and start your own consultancy, or if you have a service business and you're just not sure where to go next in order, what's your next move, that is also something Sarah helps you out with. Now, I could have talked to Sarah for hours on end because her background is fascinating and will include lots of lessons for us to share. And you know, in this podcast, I love going behind the scenes and finding out what's been under the hood of a business. And when you talk about people's experience and what led them to what they're doing now, it's so varied and it's so interesting. And that's where I think we learn a lot from. Like we learn lots from other people's stories. And Sarah's definitely going to share her stories with you today. So I can't wait for you to you know, take away the lessons. At the end of the podcast today, Sarah shares three tips and they are so good. So listen all the way to the end. And then once you've listened to this episode, please go and tag both Sarah and I on LinkedIn. 
So go put the post over on LinkedIn, share the episode or share an image of the episode from wherever you're listening and then tag Sarah and I. Let us know what was your biggest takeaway. I also love hanging out on Instagram. So if that's where you love hanging out too, then I've got a link to both Sarah and myself. Our Instagram profiles are in the show notes. So again, take a photo of the episode, post it to your Instagram stories and tag Sarah and I. Let me know, what was your biggest takeaway from this episode? I always like to know what kind of guests you want to hear from. And I always aim to bring you a variety of guests and experience and stories so that we can learn from one another and learn from each other's experience. You know, when someone has gone before us, we find comfort in listening to their stories so we don't feel so alone in our own business and the journey that we are carving out for ourselves. So I'm going to leave you now with my conversation with Sarah. Hey Sarah, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining me on Business Your Way today. Thank you. I am looking forward to our conversation. And so to get us started, I'd really appreciate if you could introduce yourself to our listeners, who you are, who you serve, and what you do to make your moolah. Okay, so I am Sarah Davies from Sweet Spot Business Coaching. I am a strategist and coach for service businesses, or people who people who sell their time as opposed to a product. I help people who have this wealth of knowledge or a specific expertise turn that into a profitable business. So that's how I earn my moolah. <laughs> I do that through one-to-one work and through my program Beyond the Hourly Rate. Nice. Love that. And do you mainly work with people in New Zealand or across the ditch or all around the globe? Yeah. What does that so mean? So the majority of my clients are in New Zealand. Uh, I do have a couple of overseas clients as well. And is there any kind of difference that you see in business being local business here in New Zealand and overseas? Yeah, I do actually. In the way that people connect as it is quite different. So in the UK, well, I would say actually in New Zealand, it's more informal. It's more about, you know, if somebody likes you, they'll listen to you. If they connect with you, then they want to do business with you. I find that with my clients in the UK, it's slightly more formal where, you know, the the connection isn't necessarily built in the same way. The connection is perhaps built after the contract's in place and as they get to know you. Whilst I find that for Kiwis, they want to have that connection first Mm. before they want to engage with you. Fascinating, right? Mm, Absolutely. Yeah, people. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'd love to dive into how you got here because that's always an interesting topic. So in order to get to be, you know, in the space of coach, You've built a wealth of experience behind you. What's that journey look like? Okay, so, well, my journey started really, really young. I had my first business when I was eight years old, selling quail's eggs to restaurants and delicatessens. And I absolutely loved it. It was brilliant. But, you know, office hours were between when I came home from school and when Grange Hill started, so (laughs) which is a children's TV program in England where I grew up. and 
it was I just I just absolutely loved it on a Tuesday afternoon I would ring around and take all the orders and then I would I had these little special egg boxes little quail egg boxes to pack all the orders and take them into town and you know collect like I think it was like 50p for a for a box <laughs> and um yeah, it was just really, really great. And it and it taught me a lot, but I was never there. I was just there for the fun of it. Mm-hmm. But the thing was that I was I was solving a problem. I was working with with a specific audience. I wasn't trying to sell my quail's eggs to everybody. And I never even considered doing that actually. And so it was it was actually quite easy. And the most exciting thing was when somebody ran out of eggs and they rang me to order more and I went, oh my goodness I got a message and I had to order more so anyway <laughs> I had my quail's egg business that was awesome and then yeah through my teenage years I was mainly you know just kind of working for other people and then I went and did my study when I did my study and decided that I wanted to go into marketing I actually started in the in the public relations route and marketing route and I had been working and traveling a lot and working as a as a nanny as I traveled and then when I wanted to transition I actually worked for a couple of years seven days a week nannying on the weekends and studying in the week to get my qualifications and then when I when I uh, had those qualifications I was then able to you know get my first job and it was it was great I worked in the agency world absolutely loved it Uh, moved to New Zealand and then I went on maternity leave and I got really got into organic gardening, organic vegetable gardening. And I was just ahead of the curve in New Zealand where people were starting to get back into it. And so I would have friends ringing me saying, you know, why isn't, you know, why isn't my broccoli growing or have I planted this at the wrong time, et cetera. And then their friends were growing and I had one insomniac night. I just had this brainwave. I was like, there's a gap in the market. There's a business here. And I really had nothing to lose because I was on maternity leave anyway. Mm -hmm. And so I created this business called Patch from Scratch, where you would basically come home to a beautifully crafted, customized, organic macrocarpa raised bed, all planted out with a fail-safe plan to follow for home gardeners. And so having that business um, it was amazing. It it taught me so much about business. Um, and I really, really cut my teeth there. And then because of my background in, you know, I knew how to get stories in the media, etc. I got a lot of coverage on TV and, and radio and in the press. And I had some great suppliers who would, would, it was very reciprocal. They'd always be really good to me. They'd come up and do a special delivery or if I was doing something for a charity, then they would donate compost or seedlings, etc. And in return, if I had a um, photo shoot with a magazine, I'd always make sure that their product was in the shot. And then one day, I was suddenly had three preschoolers, and it just wasn't working. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that! Yeah, three preschoolers <laughs> later, and my business wasn't working for me. <laughs> it just wasn't working. Yeah, yeah. And so I I sold my business. And, you know, it was amazing to build something from from scratch and mm-hmm. sell it. But then what happened was unexpected that the horticultural suppliers asked me if I would do their marketing for them because they'd actually got quite a lot of, you know, benefit from the coverage, et cetera, that they had kind of, you know, come, been in through me. And so then I started, it was just going to be a couple of afternoons a week, but it grew to an agency of five and I established a, a marketing agency. 
which specialized in horticulture and in professional services. And it was great. It was another learning curve. One of my biggest learnings from that was actually that a corporate or a bigger company has very different needs to a solopreneur. And because back then it was, you know, you kind of niched by industry, mm-hmm. I was trying to serve these these diff- two different types of businesses who had horticulture in common, but it actually added a massive layer of complex to the business. Yeah, but it was really great. And I love the professional services side as well. And that's actually, you know, essentially where I've ended up now is in that service sector. And when my husband and I first got married, we both promised each other we would let each other follow our dreams. Now, that first 10 years, I had heaps of dreams with, you know, Patch from Scratch and then Purple Sherbet. He didn't have any dreams. I thought I was onto a winner. And then, boom, 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 (laughs) he was offered an opportunity in Singapore. And somebody wasn't going to get what they wanted. And so I ended up selling my agency and moving to Singapore for three years to support my husband. And then when I came back, I just felt like I wanted to do things differently. I didn't want to have another agency. Um, One thing that had always kind of bugged me was I loved working with small businesses, but as an agency, it was hard for that to be financially viable because we were doing the implementation for them. Mm. So the numbers just didn't stack up. And so that's when I started, you know, went and did some coach training and started doing the coaching and and the strategy um, and working with smaller business owners and sharing that knowledge so that, yeah, it just made it work, Mm. you know, that I could work with those smaller businesses. And that's what I really, really enjoy. Nice, which has got you right here. Which has got (laughs) me right here. (laughs) How good. I am fascinated with the couple of businesses that you grew and sold. So Mm. your patch from scratch, that was more like a product type service? Yeah, it was. So it was, yeah, it was basically a product. And one of the issues actually with it was as a small business myself, yeah, there were lots of components to it. So for each project... I would need to go, you know, go and get this and that. And, you know, there was only so much stock that I wanted to hold or mm-hmm. could hold because we're talking about live plants. And so, yes, that was a, that was a, it was essentially a product, but there was a service element as well in that people wanted to learn how to do organic gardening. They wanted to learn how to, you know, how to manage it. And I mean, I had some clients who wanted maintenance as well. So then that brought in the service, service side of piece. it. Yeah. But really the the real kind of, you know, the core of it was a product. And then how easy has it been selling those businesses? Because you sold the scratch mm. from the patch from scratch and then you sold your marketing agency. What was that process like? I mean, I suppose the first time you did it, you were like, okay, now I know what I'm doing. But that first time, I'm like, what was that like? Well, actually, the biggest thing for me was, and I don't say this because I'm a coach, but the biggest thing for me was that I had been working with a coach and I was told that I needed to document every everything. And, oh, no, sorry, that was... um that was when I sold the agency. When I sold Patch from Scratch, so that was kind of, it was nearly sold as an as-is. I mean, I had been quite good in documenting the way everything worked and I did a long handover. Surprisingly, it wasn't that hard to sell. 
and I sold it to somebody who was already in the industry. So it was something new that that person could. I sold it to somebody who did maintenance. So they already had some knowledge and it was extending their portfolio of services and offerings and, you know, went really, really well for them. So that was great. When I then sold the agency, that was slightly different because it was a lot more complex. I had been working with a coach and I, and I've been told that I needed to document everything, you know, and have my standard operating procedures, et cetera. Uh, and, and at that point, I I wasn't even in, I didn't even know I was moving to Singapore. So, <laughs> you know, it was kind of like, oh, we really need to do all this. Um, of course, yes, I know that we do now. And then when it when I came to sell it, of course, that's actually what made it, a, you know, a viable business to buy was that I had these standard operating procedures because especially with that agency, it was me. The clients had a relationship with me, so how can you sell that? You know, and that, and so that was was a was the struggle. My staff, most of them stayed on, mm-hmm. so that helped. They had the relationships with the clients. Yeah, but that so that was the biggest learning learning curve. If if I hadn't worked with that coach, I wouldn't have had the standard operating procedures, and the business would have been worth nothing because right. it would have just been me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had the contracts, et cetera, in place, but, yeah. you know, it's hard when you have a really close relationship with a client and then it, it's your brain they're buying. It's my ideas, my brain, yeah. you know. Yeah. And I think that's the case for many service providers, right, is we get yeah. into business because we are good at something. And so yeah. we are selling our intellectual property. We're selling our skill set that we have refined over many years. And that's what we're selling as service providers. And we, one way or another, fall into starting a business for the most yeah. part. Like most people I talk to like fell into business because people were like, oh, can you do that for me? And can you do this for me? Hmm. So, yeah. you know, that's why I was like interested to, you know, have you talk about that experience of selling like a marketing agency. Yes, yes. And there was a lot of, you know, it, yeah, it was quite a complex contract in terms of the, you know, the whether people were going to stay on because you don't know if a client's going to stay. Yeah, and also from my part, I don't know how they're going to treat the client. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's so many factors at play. Yeah, I wanted to jump in here really quickly and ask you for a big favor. If you are loving this podcast and this episode, I would be grateful if you could share it with a friend. Or even better yet, jump over onto Instagram and share it on your stories. Don't forget to tag me, I'm sandrajulian.co. That really is the best way for others to find out about this podcast, and I thank you in advance. Alrighty, back to the episode. What was the thing that helped you get through that from a, because part of that's our mindset, right, is... It's how we're thinking about it, how we're feeling about it. We're so tied closely with our clients and that relationship. What was that journey like from a like mindset point of view? And what did you have to change in order to move on? So, I mean, I was moving to Singapore. And yes, I could have run the business from Singapore, but I really felt that I needed my, my heart and my physical body in the same place you know, for me to to actually be in Singapore and have that experience. My biggest thing was 
I didn't want my clients just, there was no one else that, you know, so it was kind of like, if I just close the business, firstly, my staff are losing their jobs. And then what are my clients going to do? I didn't really know other people who specialized, especially in the horticulture, mm-hmm. who I could then, you know, the clients could then go to. And so I really wanted, my driver was, I wanted to look after everybody and I wanted them to all, you know, uh, kind of be okay. You know, I wanted, mm-hmm. I wanted the clients to still have the service and I knew that they would from my staff and my staff. I didn't want my staff to then be out of a job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was really hard. And also at that stage in my life, I think I was very much, I am my business. So then going to Singapore and not having that, I felt like, who am I? You know, it was, that, it was really challenging. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, this is my business and the business is me. And yeah. it's, yeah, who am I without that? Yeah. Yeah. Was extremely challenging to, to come to terms with. And it's actually something that I help people with now, you know, having been through that experience. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're so passionate about <sighs> our businesses that it kind of, it, you know, you can see how you get into that, uh, you know, kind of into that corner where you are your business. And, yeah. And your business is you. Yeah. Mm. And it, and it becomes your identity and you mm. just wonder, yeah, what it would be like without that identity mm. for sure. So when you're working with clients now, how do they, like when they come to you, they come to you with a, with, with what they're struggling with. Do you see a common thread in that amongst, you know, clients that come to you and, and want coaching and, and help with their business? Yeah. So they, when, when my clients come to me, well, there's two types of clients. There's a client, they know what they want. They all know what they want, but there's one group who they know what the problem is and they know that I can help them fix the problem. And then there's the other group who also know what they want, but they don't know what's not working. Okay. And so, I mean, for me, in terms of my messaging, um, and for anyone listening to this, it's, you know, just to take this on board that it's important that you talk about the success and the outcome because some of the people, they just don't know what the problem is. So if you just talk about the problem, they don't recognize that in themselves. They don't see, you know, it doesn't resonate with them because they don't realize that that's the issue. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I I work with people when they're at different stages. So even, you know, in, in my program, Beyond the Early Rate, some of the people in there are at idea stage and they're just starting. And then I've got other people who, um, well, I've got one lady who's who's um, had her business 15 years. So they're very different, but it doesn't actually matter. It's more about that they want to start being proactive and proactively creating a business that aligns with them. Because sometimes it's out of alignment. You know, they're, they're taking what they can get. They're working with the clients mm-hmm. they can get rather than going, actually, I do my best work when I'm working with these types of clients and delivering this type of service. And that's what I really enjoy. Mm. So the first place that I always start is your values, because mm. you know, it's hard when you can, you can, you've got a skill set, say you're a graphic designer, you could work for corporates, you could work for small businesses, you know, you could work for charities. How do you decide? So then rather than trying to appeal to everybody and not appealing to anybody, kind of looking at your values and going through that process of really establishing your values and then using that as an anchor in your decision-making. I agree. 
I totally agree. It's that deciding who you are and who you work with best mm. and not being afraid to then say yes to that and no to everything else. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's a whole mindset shift, as, you know, as well as an exercise to, to find out what you stand for, actually moving into the being okay to say no mm. <laughs> is okay. It is, yeah. And the other thing is um, I'm often asked, you know, how do you transition? If, you're, mm. if you've got this eclectic group of clients, how do you transition to working, attracting the people that you want to work with? And, you know, I, I will say it's about you can still take on those clients while you're transitioning so that you keep your income up, but your messaging and the service that you design and what you talk about is going to be to attract the new people. And then at some point you'll know when to draw a line in the sand and go, okay, you know, <laughs> I've got enough coming now that I can. And I know for me, when I first came back from Singapore, a couple of my old clients came back to me and I was implementing for them. And then I came to a point where I was just like, I am done with that. I don't want to implement. And, you know, it was, it was actually really, really empowering to decide that that day. You know, I was just yeah just not where I wanted to be and it, but I think that transition it's a messy it's a messy the transition it's yeah. never it's never tidy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know it's I always say it's good to know what you don't want you know it's a it's really good to know what you don't want because then you can follow the path to actually establish what you do want if that's not yeah. yet clear yes Absolutely. Yep. Mm. Yep. So I might help with, I might, my clients might come to me and say, I need help with my marketing because I'm not getting any clients. And then I can, I can see from say, looking at their website that it's not clear what their service is. Mm. It's like, well, you haven't defined what your service is and what you offer, or it's not clear who your ideal client is. So people don't read your copy and, and, and go, oh, that's me. Or yeah, it might be that the messaging is is not on point. So it's not always the marketing. There's a whole load of pieces that need to be in place before you do the marketing. Mm. And often it's those things that that people outside of the industry don't know about. Do you find that, you know, service providers we get into business because we're the technician, we are the people who are good at the thing. So we start our business and we say yes and we we do the thing. Before we know it, we are maxed out, we've got another staff member, they're mm. all in and then they're like, hold up, like this is just way too time consuming, I am heading towards that like burnout if I'm not already there. And it's because they haven't done that initial like business foundation work. Yeah. Yeah. So are you finding that you are you're going back to that foundational piece around values and purpose and mission and value proposition and you're you're heading back into those areas even if they are a six year old business? Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. But what I find is that they love it because up until that point they've generally been reactive they're getting lots of business, you know, they might have a great network. And so they're getting lots of business and they're just taking that business and taking that business. And then they're kind of like, ah, this is all going so well, but I'm actually not happy. Mm, so then mm -hmm. it's, then, you know, we go back in and go, well, how do you, like, where do you show up best? How do you, 
how do you want to do this? And and it's really it's really kind of freeing to start being proactive in your business and proactively kind of designing the business that you want to have and attracting the people that you really, really want to work with. You know, because I have some clients who who they've got clients of their own, but they don't really connect with those clients or, you know, sometimes not even like them. And, and sometimes <laughs> it's that real client agency relationship of, uh, which is quite old fashioned, I think these days is, you know, how high do you have to jump kind of thing where, you know, I'm outsourcing this work for you. So you've got to do, as I say, kind of thing. Yeah. And that's very, but it's, it's really not in my world. I'm not, I'm not sure how much of, you know, the, <laughs> of it, it is going on in the business world these days. I think mm. it's a lot less than it used to be. And I think that actually it brings respect when people are proactive. Yeah. I'm definitely noticing a shift because I also own a event agency. And hmm. so I'm still like heavy in the agency work as well as, you know, being coach and mentor for others. But I'm noticing that shift when I'm talking to clients or prospective clients for the agency. And like I always pitch my service as we are your partner. If you want someone to tell what to do and jump through the hoop, then that's not me and you need to go <laughs> find that person. Like I'm sure they exist, but that's not me. So if that's the relationship you want, then I'm out. And more and more and more, the conversation is around, tell me what this partnership looks like. And then mm. I can say how I see the partnership being and how this relationship is going to be from yep. my point of view. And then like, what does that look like from your point of view? So we're even having that conversation around partnership and relationship before mm. we even get to contract phase. Yeah. Yeah. So and I, that's I really it's great. changing. Yeah. 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 Because that means that everybody's going in, you know, with their eyes open. Like, you know, if you're kind of like, look, we always need a 72-hour turnaround or, you know, whatever, then then you, you're not going to be getting those 11 p.m. calls for something that's needed at 9 a.m. Yeah. You know, which is really unfair. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know, and, and I, I was wondering, you know, in my head, I'm like, is it two things? Is Are we as a as a industry, I suppose, maturing? Um, and as the way of that we do business, are we just maturing around that and people are looking to bring on people who understand their business, not who they can just bark orders at? So is that dynamic changing or is it purely that I've just matured as a business person, you know, and yeah. I'm okay with the no yeah. and yeah. no, you can't have that at nine o'clock tomorrow morning. That's going to take mm -hmm. us by Wednesday at 5 p.m. So, yeah, yeah. you know, or so is it, yeah. is or it one it a, or the other? Yeah, or is it or both? Is it, or is it a third one that you're now attracting that to different yep. people? Yep. Yeah, mm. because we're really clear now around who we work with mm. and who's not for us. You know, mm. we we did that work like a few years ago now, but it's bearing fruits over and over and over and over again mm. for the agency. So yeah, mm. so it's mm. I always have those thoughts in the back of my mind: is like, is this a <laughs> is is this an age and this is the new era of business and the way that it that it's moving or is it that I've just you know grown up as a business person and now I'm in a different space and is it because my business is you know well established with those foundations that I'm really clear about mm. who we're for who we're not for what we do and what we don't do 
Mm. And I think as well, yeah, with that maturity becomes confidence and a, a different way of speaking. So mm. it's, you know, I think that you're less likely to be asked things that are unreasonable just in terms of the way that you present yourself when you're more confident and, you know, kind of owning your space. Yeah, yeah, so true, so true. All right, so I know that you have got some free training coming up where mm. you're going to cover some of this stuff, right? I am, I am. So right. I am going to be, yeah, I'm going to be covering. Um, so I've got a free training week that is coming up, which kicks off on the 8th of May. It's called the Client Conversion Kickstart, and you can go to, oh, actually, you'll put a, a link in the, I will. in the show notes. Awesome. Um, so at the Client Conversion Kickstart, you can learn how to be referred by people who've never even met you, become known for your expertise, turn your knowledge into an irresistible package or offer, stand out and be heard in a noisy world, banish those awkward sales conversations, but convert more leads and identify your potential client's biggest problem in less than three seconds. So I teach that. I do a free training week. Um, and over that week, we have three uh, three training sessions and a masterclass. And, you know, there's like uh, kind of like homework notes or decisions that you make after each each training as you go through the journey. Yeah. Nice, nice. So... If anyone is listening and they want to get themselves on some free training and understand, you know, how to move these things forward, these areas of your business, move them forward, get stronger at them, get more confident within these areas, which are like truly key foundations. Mm. I know once you once you start to nail these things in your business, yeah, your confidence gets better, you get the clarity you know, mm. it gets better and the business just gets stronger. So I'd encourage everyone to get along and get on to that free training for sure. And and it's just held on Zoom. So you can right. you know, yep. And then we have the the if you if you can't make the trainings live, then you can catch the replay once you've registered. Perfect. That's awesome, Sarah. All righty. I'd like to also throw some questions at you around what are three things that you would want to share with others who are growing a service-based business? What are kind of three tips or three things you think that service providers need to turn their minds to? Okay, so the first one is, I believe the sooner you niche, the sooner you'll grow. And it's very, very counterintuitive that niching down. It's like, well, what if I miss out? What if I, what if I, but actually the sooner you niche, then the quicker your business will grow and you also get that real depth of experience and knowledge in what you deliver because of the niche that you're serving. Mm -hmm. That's my first one. Nice. My second one is around when you have a goal or a project that you're working on, so splitting it into achievable chunks. So I'm big on you have your project or your goal and then split it into steps and then you put your focus and your energy onto step one and completing step one and then moving on to step two rather than just thinking about your big goal or your big project because that can feel very overwhelming. And, you know, that's where procrastination and all those kind of mindset things come in that can really, really, you know, kind of stunt you moving forwards. And with that, 
like with my clients, we do a daily morning mindset, which is just a 10 minute exercise that they go through. And it's really about, you know, uh, affirmations, manifestation, kind of rising above the mind clutter to get clarity for the day. And it really does make a massive, massive difference. And then my third thing to share is that sales always needs to be a win-win. So it needs to be, it's not about convincing people to work with you or having a good sales spiel or all that kind of stuff. It's about authentically being a win for both people. So you know, you go into that investment. If you're the if you're the person who's the client, then you want to be you know kind of parting with your money and feeling really good and really excited about it. And it's a win for you. And then on the other hand, you know, if when you get a client, you know that you're delivering great value at a great price for them and that it is going to really help them to move from where they are to where they want to be and what the value of that is. And there's a lot of work that I do with people around sales and that it's actually, you know, can be really comfortable. Mm. It doesn't have to be awkward. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Those are three fabulous tips for service providers <laughs> like those are if you just if, if people just went and focused on those three things they'd be nailing it before you know it <laughs> but I, I love that like win-win sales approach I I call it the consultative sales approach because mm. you're going in with that consultative approach is that you're going into the conversation to find out what it is that they're looking for and can you solve that problem or can you refer them to somebody else who can solve that problem? Yeah, you know? exactly. Yep. It's not about yeah going into it with a, I've got to nail this. It's mm. like, I might, they might be good, but actually they might not be and then I can give them to somebody else who would be good. Like yep. just go in with that, that open mind around consulting in that first step and then you never know where that might end up. So I like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. I like that lots. Awesome, Sarah. Thank you for being here on the podcast. We dived into some really good stuff. Oh, we did. It was great. <laughs> I think we, I'm sure we could cover another two or three hours. <laughs> I know, right? I'm like, I could keep talking to you forever. So that means I might have to have you back on the podcast just to dive into some of those topics that we just scratched the surface on. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, where do you like to hang out most, Sarah, on social media? Um, mostly I hang out on LinkedIn. You can find me on LinkedIn. Yeah, that is my main, that's main, the main one. place where I am. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Well, I'm going to put a link to all your social medias in the show notes as well. So if people want to reach out, get in contact with you, they can they can do that from the show notes. Awesome. It's awesome. Thank well, you. Thanks for spending some time with me this afternoon and sharing your journey and these pieces of nuggets that will definitely help service providers move their business forward. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. I appreciate being asked. Thanks a lot. Before you go today, I want to thank you for being here and listening all the way to the end. All the links to this week's episode can be found in the show notes And you can read a full blog of the episode at sandrajulian.co forward slash podcast. 
If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you hit that subscribe button and get new episodes as soon as they're released. If you'd like to reach out to me and chat about anything on today's episode or any of the previous episodes on the podcast, then I've got a link in the show notes so you can leave me a voice message or a video message. I really do look forward to hearing from you. Alrighty, have a productive week and I will talk to you again real soon.